0: Welcome back to the NYC Digital Media Center. I am your host, Crystal Peralta, with Ryan Ludgate himself. How are you doing, Buzz?
1: I'm doing good, Chris, how are you?
0: Good, good, happy to hear. What are you working on right now?
1: So, um, I work for a corporate venture arm of Christie's, the art auction house. Um, very uh, new, uh, but also very exciting uh, venture. It's no pun intended. Uh, uh, of of the auction house, where we are looking at startups and founders in both the art tech and art finance spaces, amongst others, uh, that could bring on interesting capabilities for Christie's uh, and uh, help us to utilize our brand in uh, more thoughtful ways.
0: So to add on what you're saying,
1: most people, when they
0: hear the word value, they think of money or the dollar sign. Christie's Ventures is known for its historic collections and masterpieces. What got you into the art world? Do you see the value in things other people can't see?
1: Ooh, uh, well, I got into the art world nine years ago after about a decades-long uh, career in uh, alternative investments and in banking. Um, and I saw just a Wealth of opportunity in the art markets. Primarily looking at it as a financial asset and how can you improve the sophistication of how we utilize that asset. Um, and I think combining financial assets along with sort of passions and pursuits is just a really interesting concept. Uh, and it's one that I've been exploring for the last nine years. So it's a uh, it's a departure from traditional investments in the world that I came from. Uh, but it's one that we're seeing actually evolve quite rapidly in Web3 and digital assets where people are starting to to, to put a focus, I think, on the experiential side or, or valuing the experiential as well in, in their investment decisions, if you will. Uh, so it's been... It's been really interesting to to, to join and to, to jump into this world and this market and start to to bring those two worlds together.
0: If you and it, honestly, if you really think about it, the art world, the longevity longevity it has, it's gone for many centuries, many decades. Where like, you know, going simple, the Mona Lisa has existed. Just to see a painting, but people see it as like you do a financial maybe an investment or how you can improve on it. Yes. On it like yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 not going to be uh, investing in Mona Lisa's, you know, so so to speak, um, you know, but how we engage in art and, and with the arts, uh, I'll use the word consumption, not not in, in the more traditional sense or not just in the buy and sell sense, mm-hmm. but you know how it becomes part of our everyday experience how that world is changing, right? What, how we are going to be Im- immersed into these new experiences uh, and how the art world and really the creator space is probably a better term for it. How that comes to bear in shaping, you know, the, the, that, that, you know, and it's not just the digital economy, but how it starts to, to help shape those experiences is, is really a, a fundamental part of, of what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the space and how a factor we include in the investment decisions that were running.
0: 100% and then going back to your old to our old world of investments you used to be the vice president of investment funds management at uh, Barclays Wealth is that correct?
1: Alternative uh, investment funds management okay. so it was the it was overseeing the the products themselves the day-to-day operations of the products mm-hmm. so
0: since when I found that out I had, I had so many questions but the first concern that came to my mind is Though there are many warning signs of an economic shutdown in the horizon, how currently, how will your environment change? Is your job at stake?
1: So I think, you know, if you're asking me about when I was in financial services and, and, and at the, the investment bank that I was at, you know, I went through, for, for many of us that are probably listening to this, and for many of us in my generation and, and the one above me, you know, I was at Lehman Brothers over the bankruptcy. Uh, I got to see, you know, people lose jobs uh, to see what a major financial failure, if you will, looks like from inside the company in terms of the people. And it was interesting because I would have to point to that moment and the years that immediately followed as being major catalysts in how my career grew and evolved. And so when you think about the current environment and and who's to say if, you know, SBB or Credit Suisse or were the next Lehman Brothers or if they were the next Bear Stearns, we don't know. No nobody has that crystal ball, so to speak. But I think what causes people concern is the uncertainty and I guess I could say that out of that uncertainty comes opportunity and being able to see that opportunity and then take advantage of that opportunity if you will to to advance my career knowing that you know there that there were plenty of opportunities you just had to be willing to to sort of take the risk so to speak and raise your hand and say, I'll, I'll be the one to do that. I'm kind of putting myself out there a little bit I and maybe putting myself above what I would be doing in, if, it, if the financial crisis had not happened. Uh, but that that was the opportunity that presented itself to me. And I kind of ran with it and indirectly led me to to where I'm at today. And I could say safely that if it were not for that event, uh, I may not be where I'm at today. Um, but it's interesting when you think about it, much like many other industries and economies, they're not linear, right? They're they're cyclical. And today, you know, is it the start of a cycle? Is it the end of a cycle? I, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that while it's the end of some opportunities, it's the beginning of a whole new set of opportunities that are there for people to grab a hold of and take advantage of.
0: That directly ties into my next question as well. It's the ups and downs of being in finance. Like you said, the opportunity when if you really do work in it, it's going to be a huge plus for your future. Like you said, when an opportunity comes, when open when the doors close, windows open. So there's always a possibility when something some like economic crisis, something could come out of it. But you just have to be patient and just keep doing what you're doing.
1: You you have to be patient. But you also have to have your eyes open, and I like the way you put that. Like door closes, a window opens. It was explained to me differently, actually, when when I was probably around, you know, your age, and where you are, sort of in your education, and, and thinking about, you know, that next evolution in your life of entering in the workforce. It was actually my father, and he said to me, he's like, "You will op- doors will open, and you will walk through them." but understand that that means certain doors are closed forever to you. And what it meant is that you're on your path and and that as you go down that path, you will be presented with new opportunities, but you have to understand that certain other opportunities are closed off. If you're focused on that, you're not gonna see the ones in front of you. If you don't have the, the the conviction or the confidence to go through that next set of doors, then the new ones won't be open for you. So you always have to have your eyes open for that next opportunity set and go through that door. Because the worst thing that happens is some of the doors close and that's fine. What was
0: one conversation that changed your life? Was it with your dad?
1: Oof, there is no one conversation that changes your life. If you're going to sort of follow that script of always going through the next door then to me, that means that this is kind of how, how I live my life or how I've chosen to live my life is that you have to be open to what other people are saying. Now, your role is to filter out who are the people who are saying things to you, right? Like you pick your network, you build your network, you own that network, uh, and, and the strength of that network. But if you are not open to what somebody else is telling me you then you're going to miss the next opportunity so i like to think that the aggregation of all of the conversations that i've had and the change the way that that has led to me changing my life or changing my path that they've all led me to here so there isn't one it's the sum of all of them you know, but going back to the other part, it's like if I had listened to other conversations than the one I listened to, where would I have been? Like I would have I would have definitely have been, you know, someplace else or in some other level. So it's there there isn't one because they all added up to now. Especially
0: when you don't hear other people's conversations or other people's opinions, you're closing your own doors. And tying into my next question, what keep what keeps me going through those doors is I, I feel money like that's what almost it's on everybody's mind so my question is is money the key to happiness
1: <laughs> uh, no you know this so, so it's interesting right I always thought that that statement is incorrectly applied money is a means of consumption and so therefore the statement should actually be like is consumption the meaning of happiness or does consumption lead to happiness? And it's like, nobody would ever say that. No one would ever be like, because I consumed, therefore I am happy. I think that money can buy certain things that make you happy, right? Like we talk about, you know, what Christie's the, the, the company does and in selling art and in helping collectors find the very best things that they want to put in their collection. That's a passion for those individuals. And the 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 acquisition of that painting or whatever that object may be creates a certain level of of happiness for them. And so you know I, I use that as an example of you can use money to buy things that can give you pleasure. But I think in terms of finding happiness through money alone, no, I, I, I think it's like I said, me, money is a means of consumption, and and I, I don't think anybody would rightfully say consumption is the key to happiness for me.
0: Because it also depends on what you're using that money for. Let's say if I'm buying ten Lamborghinis, obviously for what a few days or maybe a month, it's going to be fun. But as soon as you get older, it's like, why did I do this? Why? And, and another way to think about it is if I'm walking through the street and I give uh, three million dollars to a person, to a homeless person, you don't, It's obviously going to put a smile on their face, and you, they can get a you know new home or just something to eat, or, you know, food on their plate. It's so it definitely involves different perspectives. That's going back to our like old question. It does depend on perspectives, which that's, 100%. It, that's
1: what the they're. they're all linked because. You know, we talked a little bit about networks and, you know, there's your, your business networks, your professional networks, if you will. There's the networks you build amongst your friends and your family. But, you know, who who you surround yourself with, that is, to for me, mm. what uh, leads to, to happiness. And having personal passions, uh, hobbies, whatever you want to call it, those lead to to happiness and 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 create that environment like it's your environment that leads to happiness you know uh and and that that's what people should be striving for is how you how what and who you surround yourself with that makes you the happiest so
0: I'm sorry, but going back onto the topic of networking, I'm glad I'm doing this with you. This is some way it's helping me learn and helping the audience learn too. So sadly, we had to wrap up this episode, season two, uh, with Ryan Ludgate, the financial inspiration himself in human form. Very nice to meet you. And hopefully we see each other again, maybe in Wall
1: Street. Very nice to meet you Nice to meet you you. too.
0: I'm Christopher Peraza from the NYC Digital Media Center.